0: So, we're in September, and the theme for, the sep- for September is Love Out Loud. Love Out Loud. I think I love it. Last week, we talked about breaking up with fear, right? We're going we're gonna to cheat on fear. We're going to break up with, with doubt, and we're going to start living our dreams, right? Holding hands with our destiny. So, we're going to talk today about what dreams, right? What dreams you're living. Well, the bold dreams. Those are the ones you're living, the bold dreams. And, and that's today's talk. Bold dreams, we have them, don't we? You know, you know what's in your mind. You know you have them. You have those bold dreams tucked away that maybe you haven't even spoken out loud, but you have dreams for your life. And you know, sometimes those, those bold dreams do get tucked away because life happens, right? Life happens. We have to pay the bills. We have to keep the roof over the head. And then there's the food and insurance and transportation and all of that stuff begins to take precedence, doesn't it? We need security and and safety. And yet there they are. Those bold dreams in your mind waiting to come to fruition. Those things that you know that you are destined to do. And there's just then they're sitting there. Walt Disney said this, (laughs) because I was at Disneyland last week, (laughs) I figured, why not start with a Disney quote. Walt Disney said, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. We have the courage to pursue them. And you know, courage is the ability to do something. It It is a strength in the face of fear, or in the face of pain, or in the face of grief. It is our ability to address something and do something. So let's not assume, first of all, that we have to get all of our fears out of the way, right? I have to to deal with all of my fears first before I can act, and then I'll act, right? Because it's just not like that. I mean, our lives are really not like that. You know, Karen Ireland said, Waiting for everything to be perfect before we make a move is like waiting to take a trip until all the traffic lights turn green. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. It is not going to happen. And Ernest Holmes, in the, in the November meditation of 1950, said, strength and courage are our divine birthright. And I am now expressing my true self all that the spirit has is mine i draw from the spiritual treasure house everything i need and that is the truth of us strength and courage are our birthright right and and you know there's all kinds of courage and i'm sure we've experienced all of it along the way just living life you do experience all of it you bring it out of yourself there's physical courage Anybody, uh, you know, surfing or or hiking or doing any of those physical things involving putting your body at risk. Anyhow, anyway, anybody has hobbies that like you do stuff where there is a potential risk, right? That takes physical courage. Developing the physical strength, developing the abilities to be resilient, to be aware Right? If you're on the hiking trail for those little rattlesnakes along the way or whatever, right? That's physical courage. There is emotional courage where we follow our hearts, where we allow ourselves to be open and vulnerable. And that takes a risk too it risks getting hurt. We are open and vulnerable to the highs and lows of our emotions, and we are attached to neither the highs or the lows. All right, that's emotional courage. And then there is intellectual courage. You know that when you're learning something new and you risk making a fool out of yourself? Do you ever do that? <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> right, that, that's that intellectual. I don't know how to do it, but I'm gonna give it a shot, you know? That's intellectual courage. That's the beginner's brain opening up to something new that you've never done before, but sure, go ahead. Why not? I might love it. You won't know until you try, right? And then there is social courage, That's that ability to be ourselves out there in the world, to be exactly who we are, and risk being ostracized, to risk being made fun of, to risk embarrassment. I do that all the time, too. It's really fun. <laughs> you know, you, when you're learning something new, you're risking that as well. But that is that social courage, you know, uh, putting ourselves out there, asking someone out on a date. right? Oh my God! What if they say no? Well, if you don't ask them, it's going to be a no anyway, <laughs> right? Ask someone out on a date, or even asking somebody to coffee, or asking, whatever, right? That that is the social courage it takes to do things. You know why not? If you don't, if you don't ask, you know, oh, that was that's Larry's. <laughs> He's not here today, but that's his expression. He always he always says to me, "If you don't ask, you don't get." okay makes perfect sense right so you put yourself out there you ask for a favor you ask for uh, someone to go with you someplace i mean that's that's emotional cur- i mean social courage and then there is moral courage this is this is the courage to stand for what you believe in to be that person in the world even when it's uncomfortable to be able to speak your truth Lots of, lots of the leaders throughout history, I think of Martin Luther King when I think of moral courage, standing in the truth of his beliefs, regardless of, of the outcome. And then there is spiritual courage, living our beliefs here, living the beliefs of the science of mind and spirit, being that person in the world. This is spiritual courage to live our beliefs in the world, not just talk about them on Sunday morning, right? When we take them in and take them on, and we live these beliefs, there's only one, there's only one of us, there's only one God, you know, to live that out in the world, that is spiritual courage. Putting these bold dreams into action, that's spiritual courage. And we have that. We have all those kinds of courage. In the Science of Mind textbook, it says, let us feel that our purposes are animated and inspired from on high, and then let us go forth and make our dreams become true in the human experience. With an invisible intelligence to guide and an immutable law to direct, Let us take our place in any legitimate activity and thus cause our dreams to come into full fruition. Right? Isn't that what we do here? I mean, it absolutely is. The sign I pointed to this morning, transforming lives through a practical spirituality. That's what we do. We take these principles and we apply them and we use them in our lives and we change our our lives by, by utilizing and the theory becomes the practice. And then the practice changes our lives. You know, it's interesting, when they talk about putting your bold dreams, putting feet to your bold dreams, right? You bring bring the, the bold dream out of your mind, right, where it's all tucked away and nobody even knows it, and you pull it out and you look at it and you start thinking, yeah, there are ways I can make this come true. You know, they say the best time to set your big dreams right after you land after skydiving. (laughs) That is the best time to set another goal. And, you know, there is a lot of truth in that, right? Because anybody skydive in the room? Anybody have done that before? Yeah, a couple of us. And you know the feeling. I've done it several times, right? You know the feeling. You land, with, but you, you land on the ground again, and you go, oh, my God, I'm invincible. I can do anything, <laughs> right? You do. Don't you have that feeling? You do. You absolutely have that feeling. I survived. Oh, my God, you know. I can do anything. That's the best time to set your goal. Because you're vibrating at that high a level, right? You are in the anything's possible zone. That's the best time to set another goal. The best time to create a new goal is right after accomplishing a goal. Do you see see how that works? Because your energy is always high. The best time to create a new affirmation is right after you've had a demonstration of a previous one. Right? Because you're like, oh my God, this stuff works. (laughs) You get like really excited about it. That's the best time to create a new affirmation for yourself. The best time to pray is right after the manifestation of a previous prayer. Something comes to pass. You know the miracle minutes we talk about at the end of the celebration, right? You had a miracle minute, boom, that's the perfect time. Right after you've had that demonstration of answered prayer, pray. That's what we do. We pray right after. We are vibrating at a high level we're celebrating our win that's the time to make that new affirmation that new prayer that new goal because we are at that we're at that vibration of attracting more good into our lives good attracts more good which attracts more good because we're vibrating we become a vibrational match to good that's why we should celebrate all the time do you celebrate like your wins all the time no matter what it is, I don't care what it is. You know, a free cup of coffee. Yay! Let's do this thing. You know, <laughs> whatever it is, you celebrate your wins because it raises your your vibrational energy. You become a match to more good. That's why we talk about the miracle minute at the end of the celebration, isn't it? So that their win is our win, right? Everybody's win becomes our win. We celebrate each other's demonstrations. And and it makes us feel good. And that's part of manifesting our bold dreams, isn't it? That we have to feel what that feels like. Even if you haven't had the demonstration of your bold dream, you know what it feels like. You just know what it's going to feel like, don't you? When you uh, manifest that bold dream. Feelings. It's the feeling level. Ernest Holmes always said about the technique and the fire. Remember when he taught well, we don't remember, <laughs> but I've read <laughs> in the Science of Mind textbook, it says, Technique in the Fire. Now, the technique is the five step prayer that we do recognition, unification, realization, thanksgiving, release, the five steps of prayer. But Ernest Holmes said, That's just the technique. The fire is what we add to it, it's the emotional thing, it's the feeling thing, and is the thing of feelings that drives the law to start working on our behalf, just to start out picturing. And that's what we do when we have these bold dreams. We add fire to them. We add feeling to them. Keep that alive within us so that we can start taking those little steps toward the dream. And those little steps could be anything. It's even waking up in the morning, getting out of bed, right? That is a little tiny penguin step toward those bold dreams. And those bold dreams are exciting and they're scary. Aren't they both? Yeah. They're exciting and scary, and that's okay. Ellen Johnson Seraph said, if your dreams don't scare you, they are not big enough. (laughs) I love that. If your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Those dreams of yours, they are your bold vision of your future. Who wouldn't want that? you are your bold vision of your future, whatever it is. And you have the courage. We already talked about courage, right? All those different types of courage. You've experienced all of them. You've employed all of them. You've done all of them already. You know you have those kinds of courages within you to do whatever. You have the ability. And then you start taking those little baby steps. It's not the whole thing all at once, it's not the whole bold dream manifest all at once in your face, but it's another step closer and another step closer and another step closer. And in order to do that, we have to step out of our sameness, have to step out of our sameness and enter into our growth. And Ernest Holmes said, all of our beautiful dreams, all of our wishing and praying for material good will reach no higher in our experience than our belief in the power of God and its willingness to help us. God's willingness to help us is expressed in the, ex- in the existence of that immutable law, which gives us exactly the type of experience with which we build a mental likeness. And this is why it's so important, like I said, about feeling. Technique and fire about feeling, because that is what Ernest Holmes used to call the mental equivalent. We must make our dreams, our big dreams, our bold dreams, real in our minds. That's the mental likeness that he talks about. The mental equivalent of the dream. We have to know it, we have to feel it, we have to think about it. It's, It's like, you know what it's like? Sports psychologists. It's like sports psychology. When they have those athletes go over in their mind, you're familiar with that, right? They make them, whatever they are, downhill skiers or tennis players. Did anybody watch the US Open? Yay, an American one. Okay, like that. Those sports psychologists have these athletes go over in their mind the perfect stroke or the perfect you know, line in the, in the snow or whatever, and they make them go over in their mind the exact right thing to do, and the body does it. Right? And, and this mental equivalent, that's what that is. That sports psychology, that's what that is. It's Ernest Holmes' mental equivalent. Know it in your mind. See it as done. See it as perfect. See, as, see the, the couple of seconds shaved off your time or whatever. See the perfect backhand. It's the same thing. It is the mental equivalent. And we have to commit to it. We have to know it. We have to feel it. We have to think about it, and we have to commit to it. Most of us, and and this is not a criticism, this is just an observation. (laughs) I I don't want to get those emails. (laughs) But most of us are committed to sameness. We're not committed to growth. We're committed to sameness. We're committed to being safe and and steady and secure and sure and not growth right we're committed to same old same old because we know us there (laughs) we know who we are in that situation and we're safe but sameness also is smallness there's no room in sameness for bold dreams so we have to look at that we have to commit to the bold dreams we must expand our sphere of availability i know when um i don't remember the last time we taught principles of financial freedom but if you've taken the class you remember about the sphere of availability we you know we walk around with this bubble around us and everything that we can have is in that bubble right a a new home a new car a new boyfriend whatever mr right or mr right now whatever um but But the stuff we don't think we can have lie outside of that bubble, lie outside of that sphere of availability. And the only way we can experience those things is if we make a mental match to them. That's the mental equivalent. And then what happens is the sphere of availability, what we begin to believe is available to us, grows. The sphere grows. And then what was once outside is now inside of our bubble. You see that? And so then we have the ability to see it, to manifest it we have the ability to know it. That's what our spiritual practice does, really. Our our prayer work, our meditation, our visioning, our affirmations, all of those things grow that sphere of availability for us. So what was once outside and not even a consideration for us to manifest is now all of a sudden possible because now our bubble's bigger, it's inside instead of outside. And Ernest Holmes said, prayer is the time and the process it takes to get that expectation of good in our consciousness. let say that again. Prayer is the time and the process it takes to get that expectation of good, where we really know it, where we convinced ourselves of it. We know it as truth, and truth. And the expectation of good is God realized in our life. And God realized always produces an effect. God realized always produces an effect. Mind, heart, feet, spirit, soul, body, all in alignment, always produces good. Your your story, on the other hand, solidifies your current condition. How many times do you tell your story in a day, do you think? Once, twice, five times, depends on how many people you run across, right? Oh God, wait till you hear this, you know, right? Oh, how you doing? Oi, don't ask, let me tell you. <laughs> right, how many times do you, say, do you tell your story? Every time you tell it, you're solidifying it. You're solidifying the condition, not the truth of us, right? Your story solidifies your condition. And that place in the Bible where two or more are gathered, we know that. It's an old expression. I don't remember Matthew something. I'm not sure. James, you would know. Okay. The ex- I know he knows. Where two or more are gathered, which means, you know, in the Bible where they say where two or more are gathered, it just means where two or more are in agreement. Right? Where two or more are in agreement, the Christ consciousness produces. So where two or more of us are in agreement about truth, Christ consciousness produces whatever. Where two or more of us are gathered in agreement to the story, we're going to get more story. So it is incumbent upon us to be in agreement with truth. It's time to surrender up the story to spirit. That's really what we do. When we get together in pursuit of truth, we have to give up the story. Because the story limits us, the story keeps us safe, the story keeps us secure, not really, but it it keeps up the illusion of security. And the story keeps us small. And like I said, there's no room for bold dreams in a small story. So, it's, it's time for us to give up the story. It's time for us to give up the story for the Christ consciousness. It's a thing. Emma Curtis Hopkins used to talk about forgiveness in this way. She, used to, she had a different definition of forgiveness. She used to say um, uh, forgiveness is giving for something. We give up something for something else. And that's her, her idea of forgiveness was we give up to spirit our smallness or we give up our fear. Our fear is forgiving up right? So forgiving means giving up something in return for something else, and what Spirit gives us is that Christ consciousness, the bigger picture, what Spirit knows us to be. We give up something for something else, and that was her idea of forgiveness. So our spiritual practice then is the time and the process it takes to get to the place where we can surrender, we can give up, we can forgive up Our smallness for our bold dreams. See how that works? The time and the process is different for each person. Some of us get to surrender easy. Who's who's an easy surrenderer? Anybody? (laughs) It's a practice, it takes practice, right? Some of us are like, sure, here, let me give it, you know, let me give it up. Some of us are dragged, kicking and screaming the whole way to surrender. No, 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 right? One of our, one of our delightful, lovely practitioners who passed, she used to say, I, and, and nothing I gave up in my life didn't have claw marks in it. <laughs> no. The thing is, it takes what it takes. We're all individuals. It's going to be our own individual process. It can be as simple or as complex as we make it. That's an important part of this whole thing. It can be as simple or as complex as we make it. Our bold dreams are attainable. Our our bold dreams are really part of Spirit's idea of who we are of who we ideally are. Our bold dreams, the things that live inside of us that we know we're capable of doing, if only we whatever, 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 right? Fill in the blanks. All those limiting ideas we have. But Spirit doesn't have those limiting ideas. Spirit just knows you as that, right? Our bold dreams are attainable. It's Spirit's highest ideal of who we are. And in order to do that, we have to give up our fears, give up our doubts, commit to those boldest dreams, employ that courage, whatever kinds of courage, maybe combination of all those courages, that it's gonna take. Feel it, feel the thrill of accomplishment, feel what that feels like when you're doing, when you're existing in that bold dream, when you're demonstrating that bold dream. Feel what it feels like, the thrill of accomplishment, and surrender the smallness allow Spirit's grace to dissolve anything less than your highest ideals, your highest beliefs about your goals. And like I said, that takes your time. That takes the time and the process for you to come to that place of surrendering to your greatness. And for each one of us, that time and process is is uniquely your own. You know, because here's what we know. We know that that process that we need to go through to to progress, right? The process to process, the process to progress. And it's different for each one of us. And you know, I'll let you in on a little secret. That process is made up anyway. You're you've made it up in your own mind. How hard is this going to be? How difficult is it going to be? How easy is it going to be? You've already made that up in your own mind. So if it's taken a really long time, just know you're the author of that, right? Because the process, well, you're creating it. You can manifest like that, that, that God's grace, that God's dissolving grace, you could just, you could surrender immediately, and, it, and there you are, right? So your process is uniquely yours. Make it easy. <laughs> Make it, I remember Terry Cole Whitaker used to say, that it takes a lot of effort to get to effortless. <laughs> but sometimes it does but it's your own unique process. Allow Spirit's grace to dissolve away everything that is unlike Spirit's good of you. Give up the smallness. Allow Spirit's grace to dissolve the smallness away and be the authentic self out in the world that we are. Ernest Holmes said this in This Thing Called You, this spirit is happy, whole, free, filled with joy, eternal in its existence, and can provide you with everlasting experience. All your highest hopes and dreams have come from it. The echo of its being is in your intellect. The voice of its unspoken word is in your mind. The feeling of its light and life exists in your heart and the emotion of its imagination is in your soul. You have everything within you to manifest the life of your boldest dream. Thank you for listening. At Vision, a center for spiritual living, we transform lives through practical spirituality. Please donate to Vision by visiting our website, visioncsl.org, or text to 619-505-3359.